think it comes back to, for me, quite a lot of what I was left feeling with this film was just like a lack of payoff and like missed potential. Like we've now had Valkyrie in two films where all she's done is make flippant remarks about all the people she's lost and drink alcohol. Um, I would like to thank Taika specifically for putting um, Tessa Thompson in a suit and making her do an Old Spice commercial. That felt like it was done just for me and I enjoyed it. And we are live uh, with another episode of the Keeg Talks. It's the Keeg Talks Thor, Love and Thunder, uh, the movie that literally just came out. And we're here to talk about it so we can get a podcast episode out and, you know, <laughs> help this small independent uh, film you know, get at least a couple of tickets sold, right? I'm your host, Dimitri Pereira, um, and we are here to talk about Thor Love and Thunder, but I'm not here to talk about it alone. Instead, I got a wonderful guest, first-timer B. Fitzgerald, a.k.a. Chaos Chaos on Olympus. B, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, you are eight hours ahead of me. Yes. Yes, I am. I am calling in from London. Yeah. Um, where, you know, this this tiny film, select cinemas, mm. pity sales coming through. Um, but searched high and low for a ticket to mm. manage to see it. It, it was it was hard to find a theater that, that it was had really it. hard. Like and like London has a lot of like bougie independent cinemas mm. and just, you know, they were like, this is too 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 tiny yeah. too obscure yeah it, it's like when you're too tiny for the tiny theaters it's like i mean you should have just done like a like a stage play at that point you yeah know? i hear matt damon's free yeah uh matt damon uh is it luke hemsworth yeah luke i think luke is hemsworth. that melissa mccarthy as melissa well? mccarthy and sam neill i see yeah uh maybe we can get the four of them together uh, to do like a stage production of this. <laughs> um, uh, when did you when did you see this movie? I saw it on Thursday. Okay, and uh, was it released on Thursday for you guys? Because Thursday for you guys, I mean Thursday night for you guys would have been Thursday morning for us. Um, yeah, yeah, it was released at, on Thursday. Okay, uh, and I saw I saw it Thursday night as well. Um, how was your how was your theater going experience seeing this movie? Um, it was ridiculously empty, which was really interesting. You know, I mean, it makes sense for such a tiny film, but yeah, no, it was really quiet. Um, Wait, I can't really, tell whether it's. Are we still? On no, the no, bit? no. Genuinely, it was really oh, quiet. Okay, like quite shockingly quiet for yeah. opening night. Um, and we only bought our tickets like the day before as well, and it was really easy to get tickets. Uh huh. Um. But, you know, it was nice to be back in the cinema again. I kind of haven't been going much because, I don't know, London and COVID, etc. So got to make it worth it. Um, and yeah, it was fun to actually see a film on the big screen rather than on like Disney Plus. Yeah, because the last movie you saw was, you saw, you was were telling Black me. Widow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, do, it's interesting that there's a long gap between Black Widow and this. Is it? the blockbusters that bring you out to the theaters 
everybody has like such interesting, unique, specific movie going habits. Like some people don't go at all. And some people go yeah, to literally I, every movie. I think when I've just changed massively in lockdown, like I've just found it really difficult to keep up with when each of the new films are coming out. And then by the time I realize, I'm like, oh, I might as well just wait for it to come to X streaming platform. And then mm-hmm. also cinemas in London tend to be quite expensive. Um, so got to yeah. make it worth it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I suppose I would only really see a film in cinema in the before times um, if it was like a big blockbuster or like a book that I loved that had been turned into a film rather than sort of regular. There were also no trailers before the film. So I'm like, you can't expect me to come back if you're not showing me the trailers. There wasn't trailers at your place? No trailers. Okay. Um, I went to a special screening that anyways doesn't have trailers um, um, at, at IMAX headquarters. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, IMAX, the number one way to see movies, I should say. Um, uh, I'm, I'll, <laughs> that was a plug for IMAX. Um, IMAX headquarters invited us out to to come see it, and so we got to go see it. And uh, there's obviously no trailers there, mm-hmm. and we got to see it on an IMAX screen, which was awesome. Um, and I can't judge the normal movie going audience by that because we were all like invitees. Um, And so uh, it's interesting to me that like your theater was kind of empty. So empty. And I don't know, it's quite a big theater and I don't think I've seen anything there that's been massively packed, but it was, yeah, it was empty. The closest thing to a trailer we had was this weird skit by John Boyega to turn off our phones um is he is what is he like what what what's the theater that you went to is it like a chain over there yeah it's called view okay uh v-u-e yeah um, so you guys have john boyega like doing a little like intro we have nicole Kidman we have a lot of weird for amc you have kevin bacon trying to sell you phone cards no we've had that for a while he's like buy an e-sim and i'm like no thank you wow. um, but yeah it was like this weird trailer with like John Rayega filming a fake film while loads of people were on their phones ruining the film going experience that went on way too long um, without even concluding with turn your phones off. They just expected everyone to get it, despite the fact that everyone had tuned out for a while. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, straight into the film. That's wild. I mean, there, was mad, there was some adverts and things, but no trailers. Okay. Because that's wild. Like over here for the AMC chain, I don't know if you have AMCs over there um the amc chain is like the biggest chain um for theaters we have nicole kidman and like yeah. we've been making fun of that promo for a long time um we've always had some weird ones but i guess i haven't been to the cinema in long enough to like, yeah. say what's what's happening there yeah um i wonder what the what the box office like tickets are like for thor love and thunder but um I guess, like, before we, like, talk about the actual movie, I do want to know, um, like, how have you been like, like, what are your opinions on the Thor movies up until this point? Thor 1, 2, Ragnarok. How have you been like? They're really variable, I think. Yeah. Like, as you are aware, I was a big Marvel fangirl circa 2012, where I was very deeply rooted in that kind of Tumblr version of what Marvel was. Uh-huh. Like, okay, they all live in Stark Tower and they all have a separate floor and they get together for movie nights. 
like reading loads of like fan fiction where oh, Loki's punishment was to go join like the Star Town. It was all just, and I kind of just, it became distinctly apparent to me that they were never going to make them friends. And that was very sad. Um, and then Age of Ultron happened and it was honestly like a switch flipped and I just kind of stopped caring a little bit. And my love for the Marvel franchise is kind of built back up slowly and gradually. And Thor Ragnarok is a big part of that. I really love that film. Mm-hmm. Um, I would probably say Thor, the first movie, like, it's fine. It's fun. It was really fun for the time it came out in. Now I yeah. think there are better ones. I absolutely love Darcy, um, Kat Dennings's character, especially yeah. in the Thor film where she's running around trying to save all the puppies um, because that would be me in that scenario. Like, oh, big robot attacking the town. Let's go save all the dogs. Yeah. Um, and I, I, really I always fun. get sad, like when there's a natural disaster or disaster, like natural mm-hmm. disaster in real life or disaster movies, like yeah. what about the animals? And I also really love um, Hawkeye and I kind of hate what the Marvel TV film franchise has done with Hawkeye. And I feel like the most I've loved him is in that Thor film where he's like, you better call it because I'm starting to root for this guy. That felt more authentically Clint Barton to how I know him. Yeah. Uh, than a lot of what's happened in the films. So yeah, I think it's quite like a quiet film, but it's a very fun one. Also, like the acting of Tom Hiddleston and Anthony Hopkins in that film specifically, like I'm a literature nerd. I have seen a lot of Shakespearean things and it was just kind of amazing to have that kind of level of energy brought to what was quite a campy superhero film yeah um and really made me like care about the characters and yeah as I say big Marvel fangirl back in the day Loki was my fave because I was that basic and I still am um so Thor the Dark World was a bit of a disappointment for me uh because I felt like most of the footage they used in the trailers was like the best bits of the film so Mm. when I actually went and watched it I was like oh Loki's not actually in this that much and they've wasted Christopher Eccleston as a a villain and also they've killed one of the few female characters off to further than male characters plot lines that's always fun yeah um and then I love Ragnarok so really variable in terms of like my thoughts on the different Thor films before this one yeah I uh, I remember when when Thor the first one came out. First thing directed by Kenneth Branagh, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Again, you, Shakespearean. Yeah, how do you how do you feel about him? Uh, I know he's you know one of you guys. I don't love him, but okay. I feel like the reasons I don't love him are more specifically uh, the Helena Bonham Carter cheating on Emma Thompson scandal, uh, and. The fact that I can't unlink him from Gilderoy Lockhart in my brain. He was my first, the first time, yeah, uh, the first time I ever saw him was Gilderoy Lockhart. And he was yeah. not what I had pictured it from the books. Um, he wasn't what I pictured looks wise, but he got the personality yeah. spot on. Yeah. Well, because I think in the books they had like the little illustration of him with like a big chin. <laughs> and like, I'm uh, just like in my head, he was kind of chatty. You know, I was thinking like um, Prince Charming and Shrek. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and so uh, that was interesting. Um, but uh, the way I saw it, because Captain America and Thor came out roughly the same time. And mm. I compared the two back in the day saying, I like Thor Asgard, then mm. Captain America, then Thor Earth, because I didn't like Thor Earth. 
Yeah, I can see that. I love Asgard. I, just, I love mythology. I love all that stuff. I just want yeah. more of that. I think, yeah, I mean, we'll get into the film later, but I <laughs> yeah. feel like you can tell that Taika Waititi is, is that how you pronounce his name? Sorry, I just realized it's uh, a name I've only ever read. I say I'm Taika Waititi. Uh, I think it's Waititi. I don't think it's Waititi. Yeah. Or Waititi. I think it's Waititi. Yeah. Okay. Well, you can tell that Taika really loves mythology like he tries to bring a lot of that in yeah um, which I think is very fun I think it adds like a new level to it mm-hmm. um, and I know that Tom Hiddleston specifically did like a lot of his research based in like myth and you have all those moments in like the first Thor film where you've got like Odin riding in on Sleipnir um, and all of that which are just yeah. like, fun little nods and in this um, one I mean we get so many nods and and you know so obviously we'll get into it tooth nasher tooth grinder right um and so like wait are those actually in mythology tooth nasher and tooth grinder yeah yeah yeah. because sometimes it's hard to tell because i know marvel like when it comes to norse mythology i know marvel norse mythology as opposed to proper norse mythology um yeah i definitely know a lot more about greek but i've read the edders because you're i mean you're not called chaos on olympus for nothing no, I do Greek mythology content. Yeah. Um, and I read like a lot of world mythology, but yeah. I definitely like I've studied a lot of like the ancient Greek plays and things, poems. So that's definitely the stuff I know best. But I do, yeah, yeah I, I I love Norse mythology as well, and I know a fair bit. Yeah. Um, what were you expecting out of this movie? Like, again, before we were seeing this movie, yeah. uh, maybe the trailer came out or at the end of Ragnarok. Or, well, actually, at the end of Ragnarok, it was end of it was then into Infinity War and then Endgame. So I guess end of Endgame, where's where's, you know, like what were we expecting from this movie? Because how how many Endgame was 2019? Yeah. So it's been three years weirdly i think end of only three weird Loki tv show so i guess oh loki yeah i really thought about what love and thunder would be until after the loki tv show yeah i also Um, didn't realize now that i think back on it loki wasn't anywhere in this movie yeah which i found quite disappointing oh i just think it would have been so because he's such a fan favorite i think it would have been so easy to get tom hiddleston in to do like the end credit scene or like a flashback scene like just to kind of have him in the film Mm. or even just like a kind of subtle i I might have missed it it might have been too subtle for me but just like a maybe a little nod to something that's happening on the loki tv show so we still have that Mm. presence of him there even though he's not actually there and all we got was like the quick flashbacks to his many many deaths that's right that's right. When Korg yeah. is talking about it. Um, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm not saying that I wanted Loki in it, but there's definitely a, sh- a difference kind of in the energy. I think so. But I'm not sure whether that could have been remedied by something else. I think Loki, especially across the Thor films, across the Loki TV show, there's a level of difference each time he's in a thing to what mm. his character is yeah and I feel like Marvel definitely reached a point around the dark world where they just didn't know what to do with this character anymore I think one of my biggest criticisms of the Marvel franchise is that they always feel like they need to go bigger and better with their big bads and with their heroes so you kind of start off with someone like Loki who's like 
oh, he's been studying sorcery for like a thousand years. And then by the time you've introduced like Doctor Strange and Wanda, it's like, oh, this guy isn't actually very powerful and he's been falling for 30 minutes. And then you're like, okay, so he's not really that big a threat. And what do we do with this guy? Um, and yeah, I, I just, but at the same time, you have had that consistent sort of anti-hero vibe, which I think is very fun. And I, I felt that it was missing. Yeah. Just, um, I, yeah, let's, I mean, we will, let's just talk about the movie. I, I want to know yeah. just real quick mm-hmm. without much explanation. Cause we'll, we'll, we'll dive into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. What, what's your score of this movie out of 10? Five. Okay. Uh, yeah. Do you have any choice words? I think what I will say is that I found it very enjoyable but I wouldn't be in a rush to rewatch it. Okay. Um, like I'm glad I saw it, but I wasn't blown away, and I thought it was quite slow at parts. Okay, fair. Um, it's interesting that you're you're. We were talking. It's funny we were talking about this when we were when we were before the movie. We were talking about like what what do numbers mean to each individual person? Because number five, like a five out of ten to you is. I liked it. There were some slow parts, but I wouldn't rewatch it. That's a five. But we were we were talking before it. I was like, a five is to me, a five is I liked some of it. I disliked some of it. And I probably I mean, I probably wouldn't watch it again, but I won't recommend that people don't watch it. I think that's kind of where I'm at. I think yeah. it for me, there were like it was kind of like average at best and then there were parts I really really liked and then there were parts I didn't like so much and it just kind of all averaged out to a bit of yeah I think I had a fun time watching it yeah um I think uh, I think I'm I'm notorious for giving like nicer reviews or at least if I'm going to number it because I enjoy most movies and I think that the MCU even at its worst is still like okay mm. we just have raised our bars over time because the I best was about to say i need to caveat this that not even like marvel my bar was high because of taika like i love what we do in the shadows no, yeah. like, i love his sense of humor so i was really ready for some like good like you said what was i expecting coming into this if i had to pick a word chaos and i was looking forward to the best kind of chaos yeah um so the bar was high yeah uh you're right i i have an expectation from a taika Marvel movie since we've gotten Ragnarok and Ragnarok mm-hmm. was great and I loved Ragnarok did you like Ragnarok I loved Ragnarok okay cool but I was so ready to hate Ragnarok so maybe it's like the reverse of that yeah like uh, even just when they announced the logo for Ragnarok and I was like why does it look like it's in Pantones like this is yeah. not Norse in yeah. any way shape or form right and then they did like the trailer and Loki had his little Ikea knives and I was like what is this <laughs> Uh, and as someone who, who like, uh, you know, we, we both know about Ragnarok from, from mythology. And then I, uh, remember the Ragnarok from the Marvel comics. Like I was expecting them to go that route, like a literal, just gods just die. Like essentially kind of like what happened here, but in that one, you know, just, just gods are dying. Yeah. There's the, the final stages of, of Asgard and then have them be reborn, but you know, um, I felt like there was a lot they could have done with Ragnarok that would have linked it in with the Infinity Stones, like mm. the idea that they were created at the foundation of the universe and the universe unraveling. Mm. But 
I yeah, I wasn't expecting it to be like just Asgard is dying. I thought it would be a bit of a bigger, more encompassing threat, especially given how much of that film does not take place on Asgard or on no, Earth. no. But they they found a way to like make it work, Ragnarok. Um, and to tie these films together, one of my, again, like I say, big Marvel fangirl back in the day, lots of fan fiction read. I have a soft spot in my heart for the Warriors 3 and Sith. And so when they just killed the Warriors 3 off in Ragnarok, yeah. and then not only that, but then every time Thor would be like, my best friend died, and he'd be talking about Heimdall instead of like Volstagg and yeah. like Vandral and all of those guys, especially how fun they are in a the dark world where they're all threatening Loki and then Vandal's yeah. just like, yeah, you, you know, your grace hasn't improved or whatever. <laughs> I felt like this film being like listing all the people Thor had lost and then being like, and that guy, and that guy. It was like part, aha, uh-huh, at least you're acknowledging it. And part, oh, this is so in the wound of how much you did not acknowledge these people's deaths. Right. Because I thought it was, uh, when they do mention it in the movie, they kind of make fun of like, I don't remember that guy's name. I don't remember, you know, yeah. like nobody knows who these people are kind of thing, but it's like, I remember the Warriors 3 and I remember they were used horribly. That being said, The Dark World to me, it's not as bad of a movie as people like say, because people say it's at the bottom of their list. Like, I think Dark World might be a five out of, uh, a five out of 10 for me. Because even, like, it's not my worst Marvel movie. Doctor Strange is my worst Marvel movie. I haven't seen Doctor Strange. I simply refuse. And the more of Doctor Strange I see in the other Marvel films, the less I want to watch his individual films. I just find him insufferable. <laughs> He's way more insufferable in his in that movie. Like, yeah. so it's even worse. To me, he, they do this thing in the Doctor Strange movie where they're kind of afraid to be like, it's magic. Like they're they're yeah. afraid to go full like Harry Potter, and later on they kind of go full Harry Potter, but they don't in this. It's it's like we have kind of kung fu energy ring, mm. but we have the sling rings. We have like kung fu energy discs, and like we have this mirror dimension, and that's like it in the first it's movie. Just like again, like I was so so into it and. Avengers had just happened and that's what got me really into it because it's just such a good film and we were all excited to hear what Marvel were going to do next and we were like oh can we get like a female fronted superhero film can we get like some diversity in there and they announced Doctor Strange and I think he's quite ethnically ambiguous in the comics or at least all the images I saw had him sort of that way uh and yes and begging no a brown actor to get the role and then they announced Cumberbatch and I was like, hmm, don't love this, but fine. And then I think they bumped Black Panther and Captain Marvel to fit in with Cumberbatch's filming schedule. And I was like, again, not great. And then they cast Tilda Swinton as a Tibetan monk. And I was like, I'm not seeing this film. <laughs> like everything about this is just bad vibes to me. Yeah. Uh, so the, the ethnic history of Doctor Strange is that mm. in the first issue, he was drawn as East Asian. Um, and that was quickly changed because he was drawn more pulpy, like those, the pulp comics of the time or Mm. not of the time, but before that time, technically. So he was drawn, like he wasn't drawn in the classic Marvel way up until a certain Mm. point. Um, but I think it was either one issue or two, but then they changed him to white pretty, pretty quickly. So like. Batman had purple gloves in his first appearance. Like, we don't think about Batman with purple gloves. I don't think of Doctor Strange as East Asian. That being said, would it have been nice 
to 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 kind of change it. Yeah, but I don't think Marvel Marvel back then was dealing with um especially back then dealing with too many cooks in the kitchen. Oh, absolutely. Cuz Joss Whedon was trying to weasel his way to like be like this whole universe is mine. Like he was yeah. trying so hard to do that. And then when he didn't and he couldn't accomplish that, he went over to DC and then DC kind of banked on him to like make Justice League work and to make that universe kind of a Joss Whedon universe. And that didn't work. So, um, but uh, uh, what was I saying? Ike Perlmutter was the one who was saying, we can't do a Black Panther movie. We can't do a Captain Marvel movie. We don't, I don't want to do that. And then Feige pushed back is roughly yeah. my, my, you know. I mean, I really don't know enough. It's more just like that was my reasoning for not rushing to see it. And then yeah. having seen him in other films, I just find yeah. him very annoying. And even just like really minor things, which are definitely more me, but I just physically cannot take Benedict Cumberbatch doing an American accent. Yeah. Personality wise, I'm like, you just feel like a cheap Iron Man. Like, well, yeah. His personality <laughs> seems like it was going to be a replacement. He's just kind of a arrogant middle aged white guy. That was, yeah. Yeah. That's his vibe. Um, but yes, I, I'm not, you don't have to see Doctor Strange the first one. No. Like, no. Uh, his appearances later are way better. So also, if you don't like his appearances way later, then you really wouldn't like the uh, uh, the movie. No. Um, I just rewatched the uh, latest Spider-Man the other day and I just, him in that, I'm like, you're just so rude to this literal child. <laughs> like, yeah. Also, it. I, I like the fact that Wong is Sorcerer Supreme. Yeah, and, and he's so salty about it. He's salty about it because he thinks that, the, oh, this is classic, like, his energy is that, like, you only got it because of because I was disappeared for five years, which is the same as you only got it because of affirmative action. You only got it because of a quota. Like, I feel like it's that energy to Wong. And Wong is clearly the more superior Sorcerer Supreme. Absolutely. Yeah. But, I have not seen the films and even I've got that. Uh, yeah. That He's vibe. like, he, like what, the only reason Wong's not there in No Way Home is because he has bigger things to do than help a like 17 year old with his like universe bending. You know what I mean? But then also, is it Ned, Spider-Man's friend? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, like when he's like, oh, I think I have magic. Like, he's so dismissive. And I'm like, mm, this is just, yeah. Ned anyway, could not... have magic. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, when it comes to this movie, uh, uh, I was I was just going to go on a tangent about how uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, again, not in this movie, but Benedict Cumberbatch played Khan in Star Trek Into the Dar- Into Darkness. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He played Con- a, a character named Khan Noonien Singh is played by a guy named Benedict Cumberbatch. Okay. I just think there comes a level like a lot of the time it's these decisions from on high, but when you're making a track record with your career choices of taking these sort of roles, I don't know. I think I'm probably being cruel. I just I'm not the biggest fan. It's all right. Find him very difficult to watch as an actor because I feel like I don't, I never see him as a character. I always just see him as Benedict Cumberbatch in this. Like he's almost too big for the films he's in. Yeah. Um, is he bigger over there than he is over here? He is. Um, but also, I think he was just, I think the internet kind of ruined him for me, especially yeah. with like Sherlock. Sure. Was Sherlock bigger over there than it is over here? 
because it's, it's a was huge and then it got a huge following of teenage girls and then the showrunners hated the fact that the following was teenage girls and mm. just tanked their own show effectively mm. was my perception of it it yeah. was really big um okay i don't even know what he's been in since mm. um i'm just not a fan yeah so yeah um <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch does not appear once in Thor: Love and Thunder, but we—I <laughs> I, will—I will welcome any to any time to talk about my. I don't hate him, I just don't love him, and that's no. okay. Um, Thor, but you know who and- was also barely in this film? The Guardians of the Galaxy, despite dominating most of the like pre-press, I guess. Yeah. for the film, they were in it so little. Yeah. But I kind of, I kind of foresaw that. I'm glad because I think again, like I was saying today, I was like, um, like I said, I was watching the Spider-Man film the other day, and I was like, I feel like Marvel's kind of forgotten how to do single people combat in like scenes. Yeah, like I feel like every single film recently has had like five or six main guys fighting like a whole army. Um, so I was kind of glad that they swept the Guardians away just so we could like focus on, you know, Thor and Valkyrie and Jane. Yeah. But even then it was still like, this could just be Thor. Yeah. Um, I think this movie to me is a seven out of 10 mm-hmm. because I accept. Okay. Uh, my big thing is it's, it's way more comedic than Ragnarok. I disagree. You think Ragnarok is more comedic than this movie? I found Ragnarok so funny and I did not laugh very much with this one. I don't know if it was a slightly different kind of humor that I just did not gel with. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying this is funnier than Ragnarok. I'm just saying it's oh, more comedic. I think it it I think it thinks of itself that way. Okay. Like as a genre, I feel like it's more comedic. I could see I, that. I feel yeah. like the comedy affects the plot more than it does in Ragnarok. The I comedy like doesn't Ragnarok really Ragnarok was very that. like tongue in cheek, kind of gently mocking what we know these films to be. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed that as someone that loves these films. It was kind of like having a little in joke, like, yeah. yeah, these are ridiculous. They're still fun. We, we're allowed to say they're ridiculous, but we still enjoy them. Yeah. Um, whereas I feel like because that did so well with Ragnarok, they were like, right, we're going to make this a really funny film. So you end up with, you know, Thor naked and Zeus zapping him after, you know, 10 minute long speeches. Yeah. And goats screaming as they collide into rocks. I, I brought this up on, on yesterday, uh, a show we did yesterday. I feel like the the goat screaming was was funny. Was it Jason Momoa voicing it? Like I felt like that scream was such like Jace when Jason Momoa does the hee like kind of uh hawaiian like thing that he does he does it in aquaman he's done it on like interviews or whatever i just feel like the goat screaming could have been him i don't think it was maybe it was i cannot stress how much i have not considered who was making the sound of those goats and now it's all i want to know like who was doing it yeah. i wouldn't it, i wouldn't put it past it being like a... or or like alan tudyk because alan tudyk yeah. always does like he, recently he's just been doing animal voices for movies mm. Like, you know, you know, Alan Tudyk, right? Mm. He's uh, I probably you, know him from things, but like T- as a name. T-U-D-Y-K. Um, if you saw him, you would know him. He's in mm. a lot of stuff. But he voiced like Hey, Hey, the Chicken in Momoa. 
Oh yeah, yeah. And like he, oh, he's in Firefly. Um, that's Alan. He's Wash. Wash, yeah, Wash the pilot in Firefly. Um, you'd know him if you saw him because he's been in a bunch. Yeah, of yeah. He's a very memorable face. Very unique. Oh, he was in the Knight's Tale. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm just saying that because that seems British, but it's is of course you know him from the historical documents. Um, a Knight's Tale. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. The the documentary, you know. Um. Uh, I'm trying to. I was trying to look up, but I'm I'm like doing like two things at once. But um. Uh, basically, a knight's. Oh, what was I saying? Where where was I going with it? We were talking about the goats. Oh, the goats screaming. Okay, yeah. but before the goats screaming, uh, oh, the the comedic like the genre being like yeah, I feel like the genre is more comedy. Like Ragnarok is funnier and more concise, and this one I just feel like let's just have fun. It was very cartoony, and I think my biggest point about this movie is that it seemed like an episode. Like Iron Man three does it the same way. I felt like Iron Man 3 was just an episode in Iron Man. This seemed like just an episode in Thor. I really liked Iron Man 3 because I think it broke Iron Man down to the bare essentials and just kind of gave us like a fun Iron Man feel, Uh um, which I think was kind of what I was expecting from this as a Thor film going into it, not expecting Loki to play a big role, Asgard not existing anymore. I was like, I feel like this could be more about Thor, but then it became more about Thor and Jane. And I mean, I'll get onto that, but... um, yeah I agree and I think one of my biggest disconnects with the film and it's partly why I rated it kind of lower was that it felt very much to me like a kid's film it was like hey we've got this group of children and they're gonna lead the charge and it's all gonna be yeah and then at the same time you've got Zeus making jokes about orgies and it just really jarred to me like this kind of very adult humor and very childish humor at the same time do kids would kids pick up on the word orgy? Because oh, I was talking to my partner because uh-huh. he saw it at the same time at a different cinema, and he said there was a kid like two rows behind him asking his mom what an orgy was. It's like that's how you were conceived, <laughs> you know. I think I think they mention orgies in Ragnarok as well, so maybe it's just like a, a petty gripe. But um, yeah, I just I felt very much like there were just moments which were just very slapstick and i'm not the biggest slapstick fan there was a lot of slapstick i like slapstick i uh it's different in this you're right that like i i I thought about it when when i was watching it this is the first time that we get like a bunch of kids get kidnapped which i felt like after 20 something movies of 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 marvel I figured like that plot, like that plot or that trope would have happened earlier, but I'm surprised it took this long to have a kids are kidnapped plot. Quite liked the villain. I thought he was like really engaging. I felt he fell flat at the end, but like when he's scaring the kids, like that could genuinely be quite a like dark moment. Yeah. I don't think he was going to kill the kids though. Like I never thought that. Did you feel that? I thought it would have been an interesting moment if he did to kind of show just how much the sword has corrupted him from who he was at the start. Yeah. Um, I feel like his motivation and because Gore is from the comics and I forget exactly what happens to him, 
but like it's way more involved. The story is way more involved. And someone online said it. I can't claim this thought as my original thought, but then I was like, oh, it's totally right. This movie should have been half an hour more. And it should have been instead of, but ha- not half an hour of um, more slapstick, but half an hour of more character moments, because I feel like every character was sort of rushed through things and sort of wasted. Yeah. So my day job, I edit books and I feel like there was a part of me that just wanted to reach out and give the film a good edit because I felt the pace really slowed in some points, mainly for the sake of, I think, humor, you know, like when Zeus is giving this massive monologue that doesn't really drive the plot anywhere. And in return, like, you know, coming back to Thor and Jane, I really like Thor and Jane, but I haven't seen Thor or like Thor the Dark World in like maybe three or four years. And I was like, I feel like I need a refresher. You're just asked to root for this couple. And you could have done like one grounding scene to show like the chemistry they still have, but they were both just instantly like, I'm still in love with you. And I felt like they needed to build that up a bit more and have like more of an arc. And yeah, there just needed to be the character. Did they bring that up? Sorry, did they bring that up before Korg does his talking about it? No, I think think it starts with Korg kind of does it I don't know maybe do you feel like Korg talking about it is enough to kind of refresh us okay I think I think that's fine to remind us who they are but to make us actually root for it and it's such a driving plot arc like Thor's desire for love Thor's desire for companionship versus his fear of losing that love and then obviously what happens like that's such a big part of it to have that like is it worth loving this person for even half an hour if that's all I've got left with them and you're just kind of asked to go into it at a point of these two are in love and I feel like they could have just built it up a little bit more so we kind of see them falling in love again like maybe even like Thor very reluctant to do that but then it happening anyway rather than both of them going into it like I still love you and I'm still hurt by how we ended things yeah I just, I, I think if they just did even the slightest bit more work in getting us as an audience to root for that, and I yeah. say that as someone that has historically rooted for that relationship, I still needed that sort of moment, mm-hmm. then I think the payoff at the end would have been a lot bigger, and instead it felt kind of emotionally cheap. That's fair. I need more time. I just need more time. I needed more character moments, and I felt like we didn't get it in this movie because it was very plot driven i needed more gore i needed some like some you could have just done two minutes more of gore we could have like fleshed him out a little bit more because i think in the comics and and don't quote me on this it's been a while since i read it i think gore the god butcher gets so much power essentially that like he is kind of a god and there's kind of a kind of a realization of his part like oh i will be kind of the last god I'm the god yeah. of god butchers, you know? And maybe it's um, my mythology brain. Um, but I really struggled with what it meant to be a god in this film mm-hmm. um, versus what it's meant historically. And I think, you know, I'm coming into this with almost zero comic book knowledge, so maybe it's something you can explain. Yeah. But the first Thor film, it's very much like, wait, could they actually be these characters from our mythology? Is it possible that we had contact with these beings and they turn out to be aliens? And then the mythology in this film seemed to be more every planet has their gods and these gods have power on this planet because people believe in and worship them. 
that's obviously not what Thor is to us on Earth. Like they're aliens on another planet. And so godhood is kind of given this status. And then you have that point where they go to that planet and there are all the different gods there. And some of them are like, well, uh, universe mythology. And some of them are earth mythology. So again, it's kind of like the way that the first gods are presented as like the god of these people in this place who very physically exist and help those people versus the gods from like earth mythology. I just, I kind of wanted to know like how they got there. Like, you know, I, I just feel like mythology in general was kind of presented as like stories that trickled down through these chance encounters with gods on planets and like alien encounters with earth. And then now it was like mythology was something that was built in a very specific place and had its own power. Yeah, I mean, in in the comics, the gods are derived from the belief of their people. Um, and so, but then like Norse gods shouldn't be as powerful as they are. But I think there might be, I don't, I don't know exactly. I think, yeah, I don't know exactly how it works, but basically they're supposed to be more powerful based off of the belief of their people you know constituents i guess but i just think if that's the case you can mm -hmm. do some really fun stuff with like pagans on like you know like give me a villain that's like a modern pagan that is like all in on their god like that sounds like so much fun and that's like american gods though have you seen american gods or read it Uh, i've read it and i've seen the first season yeah but like if if that is what this world is suggesting that the belief in the gods gives them power then Mm. i think there's a lot that you could do in terms of like Thor struggling with his powers as you know, like you know, getting a mass surplus when all these people do believe in him following New York. And yeah. Um, I feel like this runs a little bit different to me in the uh in these movies. I feel like like yes, in the first movie, in the first Thor movie, they're like, oh, they're kind of like aliens that came down to Earth and then were yeah. revered as those gods. In this, I feel like what we've gotten to is gods are kind of just a step. They're not aliens. They're a step up. Yeah. So, but then they like to meddle or like in the affairs of or of, of their planets, like Gore, that god that Gore kills yeah. first. Like, he's just like, I'm just hanging out here, like having fun. Like, I don't care about the people who are dying. And, uh... Like that like, felt very Greek to me, just the way that he kind of like went all off as soon as he was like insulted. That felt very like Greek mythology. Like, I don't care when my followers are having all this happen to them, but they dare insult my name. I'm sending a plague. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not just Greek gods that send plagues. Yeah. <laughs> no, but no, yeah. you know what I mean? That sort yeah. of like that ego-driven god, like very um very like gods as humans just times a hundred right the pettiness the pettiness of 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 gods um but i feel like in this with omnipotent city we're dealing with like gods that like the greek gods have nothing left to do so they're just hanging out in omnipotent city but if we're thinking about like the gods of um like that we see in moon knight we see the egyptian gods the Mm. egyptian gods aren't hanging out in omnipotent city because they they either are are like um um restrained of some sort like on earth or whatever like they still feel like they have duty over here you know they have yeah, motivation it just felt like the norse gods were something very different to yeah the oh Greek i agree gods in a way that like just left me a bit confused which i think i think this um 
film was designed to do like mass world building and stuff like that. It was kind of like, eh, just roll with it, which is fine. I'm just very nitpicky with this sort of lore and stuff like that. I'm like, but hang on, if the Norse gods are aliens, shouldn't all the other gods be aliens? But, you know. I mean, they kind of are, but they're kind of not, right? Exactly. And that's kind of where I ended up. Um, and then similarly, like, are these actually the Greek gods? Because there were a lot of uh, scantily clad women uh, and men surrounding Zeus. And I was like, are they supposed to be the other Greek gods or are they like the Ganymedes of this universe? Um, which then led me down very fun, like, wormhole of like, you know, are these actually like versions of the Greek gods or are these so far removed from what the Greek gods are? Like, you, you know, like the post credit scene with Heracles or Hercules. Um, like he was made a god in mythology, but he's like a very minor god. Yeah. Whereas this seemed kind of like extrapolated and just having a lot of fun with it. And yeah, I would like to see more. I feel like you could have had such a fun moment at the end where all the gods kind of charge into battle to help defeat um thingy gore at the end. Yeah. But I, I think wasn't the, the disappointed god... that didn't happen, but I felt like they really built up this omnipotent city and then did nothing with it. Yeah. Um, I'm glad they didn't destroy it. I was afraid Gore would just come in and butcher everybody. Yeah, something like that. Like some big thing to happen, but it was kind of just like- I'm glad though. I'm glad he didn't come in and kill everybody, right? Like it would have destroyed any potential. Uh, I agree, but I think you could have done something more. Yeah. Uh, I like the fact that like, I think the theme of the movie is gods are selfish, right? Like I mean, even Thor's, yeah. even Thor's being, I, even when he is closing himself off to love, it's for a selfish reason. I think. Yeah, I mean, I think you definitely have moments, especially at the start, where he's like, you know, single-handedly destroying an army, and you know, I think it takes you back to that original Thor film where he's like, "Well, why can't I commit genocide? You commit genocide all the time." Yeah. Um, like that's just what we do and then loki tries to commit genocide and they're like hey what are you doing like where, where not the right side? type not the right type of yeah genocide. wrong genocide dude yeah um which is very much like that sort of idea of what a god is and what a king is and you know how that rule changes i just yeah i felt like thor was very lost to me in this film like the idea that his like big payoff is like I don't I, I think I think it comes back to Loki not being in it like for so long that's been such a driving force of the Thor films that sort of what ties do you owe your family and you know how many it's all it's all family centered and then suddenly like okay we're gonna make it love centered and Thor just needs to be a dad and I think I don't it's, know I don't think giving Thor new people to love really helps him address the losses in his past we're talking not about that I'm we're talking about the Loki. ending yeah, I, I, I think there's a level to which if we went down this route, then every single superhero film should just end with the superhero in therapy. Um, well, but sure. I didn't a lot of superheroes do need therapy with the payoff in this film. I think like, okay, I'm fine now. I've got a kid, and it was like I don't think you're fine. I think he realized. Uh, I mean, if we're talking about the end, I, I, I was thinking about it, and. Mm-hmm. I'm such a sap. I'm such a sap because when Korg goes and they're known as Love and Thunder, I just wanted to cry because I just wanted to feel something um, because I'm I'm sappy that way. But uh, I, I I'm trying to figure out words to express like his his problem is he can't get attached, right? 
he can't get attached because he will live forever ish and Mm -hmm. the other people are mortal and they won't and so what's the use of loving if you are losing right Mm -hmm. if if there's a possibility of loss why love in the first place but i think that i think that with i don't know her name is it her name just love like what's her what's do we get a real name sure i think we did i can't remember um for some reason, there's another comic character that like that that uh, looks like her, but I don't know whether it's actually her. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, I don't know her name, but the point being is like he he is loving in a different way, right? Mm-hmm. Like loving as an uncle or a father figure um, is just a different type of love, but it's still love. And sometimes what you miss in life might be one and not the other. Uh, uh, just, uh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm still working that out. Yeah. I just, I think it comes back to, for me, quite a lot of what I was left feeling with this film was just like a lack of payoff and like missed potential. Like we've now had Valkyrie in two films where all she's done is make flippant remarks about all the people she's lost and drink alcohol. Um, I would like to thank Tyka specifically for putting um, Tessa Thompson in a suit and making her do an Old Spice commercial. That felt like it was done just for me and I enjoyed it. Um, (laughs) But it was kind of like, you've got these two characters that are going through a lot. Like, let them be badasses together. Like, either make her a part of it or make her more of a side character. Because at the moment, she's not getting enough. She definitely got pushed to the background. I don't. I didn't like that. That's, I was told, I was told explicitly that this movie would be a, her on searching for a queen. That's what I was told. Well, we didn't, didn't Natalie Portman say that this movie is so gay before, like at one of the premieres? Yeah. It was That's not. what I heard. Yeah. Like, people are talking about like the bisexual energy of the movie and I think the energy might be, but... Yeah. But it, I mean, it wasn't. It, the bar is low with a Marvel film, isn't it? But I right. also feel like we need to have this conversation about how bury your gaze is about more than just killing a character off after they do after they get some form of gay happiness. It's also about punishing a character immediately after they get some kind of gay happiness. So I felt that her like admitting that she'd lost her girlfriend and was drinking and then immediately nearly dying, and also like that sort of is she dead moment. A, it was like, I don't like that you're kind of playing with that what verges on a bury your gaze trope. Like that still puts me on edge. That still makes me as a queer watcher uncomfortable. Yeah. And then B, it was like, okay, but like, what, what's the point of throwing this in here if you're not going to do anything with it? Like, Which is weird for Taika. I mean, he did do the like, the two dads. I feel like I'm not going to, and this again is definitely me just like coming to conclusions of my own accord but I feel like he's doing what he can within the big Marvel Disney corporate machine yeah um Korg, Korg and disappointing. the whole Korg thing uh oh yeah like if there are two moments that I absolutely loved in this film it was Valkyrie being bored with all the press stuff she's having to do and the Dwayne the Rock Johnson joke like that was it that was, those were my highlights was that the, the uh, joke? I think so. The rock that he got with was called Dwayne. It was Dwayne the Rock. Okay. I didn't. I 
I didn't real. Am I? I'm gonna search and what see whether like other people like picked up on that. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's just me putting through and like you know coming to a conclusion that was not intended. But I chuckled most harshly. Yeah, somebody says it was a it was a Dwayne the Rock joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's funny. Uh, I didn't realize that. I mean, they gave him a they gave him like a yeah. mustache, which is not Dwayne. But it would have been better if he like did did an eyebrow. Yeah. And then, they definitely could have lent into it. They could have lent. But yeah. similarly, they did again. Like it felt quite repetitive to me, where they had the, oh God, is Korg dead? Nope. Oh God, is Valkyrie dead? Nope. And it was like, uh, and Sif as well. Like, oh God, is Sif dead? Nope. And it was like, okay, either kill someone off or stop being like, are they dead? Uh, I'm surprised. Like, they built up like. Well, not built up. They showed Sif in her like comic accurate outfit. And then I was like, yeah. is she going to die on that field? And they're they're like, you only go to Valhalla if you die in battle. You would just I don't know what what he did he say what would happen if she died not in battle? But I think in um Norse mythology, if you die in battle, you go to Valhalla. And if you die outside of battle, you go to Hela's realm. Oh, okay. um, which I think is just called how I might yeah god it's been a while H-E-L. Um, it's H-E-L. H-E-L, yeah yeah um yeah um so then she was like it's oh like, you know described as like the realm of fog and stuff like that but yeah, yeah it's like that's the gloomy place you go if you don't but we were discussing this so you know the after credit scene where Heimdall welcomes Jane yeah. Heimdall fell in the same battle Loki fell in, like mm-hmm. in this timeline. So is Loki also in Valhalla? Because I think that is deeply hilarious. Like the idea that all these people on Asgard that are dead, like, ah, oh, finally paradise. And then Loki turns up like, hi. And they're like, this is not paradise. <laughs> Look, who let this fucker in? I think Loki would be in Valhalla. Um, and because the Loki that we see in the TV show, by the way, the TV show, we've I've been ragging on it so much lately because it fucks up so much like continuity and time travel and variance and it just makes no sense i have a lot of thoughts about the tv show i would be more than happy to get into but i think the biggest thing that marvel screwed up on was the blip because now every single film they make has to acknowledge the fact that half the population disappeared for five years and it's Mm -hmm. like guys just start again like we, we can wrap our heads around we're just doing this in like an alternate universe, especially now they've entered like that. Hopefully that will let some more stuff in so you don't always need like, okay, we're going to set Captain Marvel in the 90s so that we don't have to explain all this like new stuff that's happened. I don't, you know, th- you- I don't think they're doing the blip anymore. Like they're not talking about the blip really that much. They Ms. did Mar- in a lot of the TV series. Not Miss Marvel Winter- and not in Moon Knight. No, Winter Soldier Falcon, it was like the yeah. main driving force wandavision the wandavision falcon winter soldier i mean that's it right like as far as tv uh, shows they didn't bring it up yes. in in loki because it wouldn't have mattered well loki yeah i, I mean like, i just i find it really annoying because yeah. it's stupid i think they're um, skipping i think they're skipping i think their biggest problem is that they've set that the modern marvel universe is in 2024 and so i think they're just kind of waiting for 2024 so we can kind of like catch up i think that's the bigger problem i just think the thing like they just did the spider-man as i say and they had like all three and it was great and it was like 
yeah, we're not struggling with the idea that all these Spider-Men exist in different universes. That's fine. You can just be like, right, we're going to do, you know, I hope they don't. I hope they give new heroes a chance. But they right. can just do like, right, we're going to do new Iron Man. It happens in like a new world. And like the viewers will be fine with that. They don't. I don't want them to do that. I don't want them to do yeah. that, but I would be fine with them starting, like X-Men, for example. Like if they took a franchise like that and they're like, this happens entirely outside of the MCU as we kind of know it. But like, that's fine. We don't need it all to happen in the same world all of the time. Uh, I like you a lot and I respect you, but X-Men is like my favorite and I want it all in the same universe. I hate the multiverse. That's fair. I was just using it as like an yeah. example of like, we don't need to build it in all of the time because then all you end up doing is not understanding half the film if you haven't watched 20 other films right. or you spend like 15 minutes in a film explaining all the stuff that's already happened it's just like sometimes you just want to watch a film without doing all your homework you haven't seen moon knight right no i think you would like then i, I oh, it, i'm gonna watch it it's I on its own so insanely busy lately yeah moon knight moon knight is relatively on its own well not relatively it's perfectly on its own it's like its own <laughs> thing so so you won't have that problem with that. And then Miss Marvel is on its own. They don't mention the blip, but it she is a fangirl of the heroes. So it does kind of need you to at least know like that those heroes exist elsewhere, yeah. right? Um, but I think for the most part, they're trying to like figure out like, they're always messing with the formula, right? That's what I feel yeah. like Marvel is. Marvel's original formula was like kind of dark and realistic. And like that got old fast, I think. Like, um, you know, you can only do so much with that. But um, I forget what I was getting with this. Like, oh, like, so you don't have to like watch everything because I think that they're getting past yeah. that point. Whether She Hulk I mean, I... deals with it, I don't know. Yeah. She Hulk's the next one out. I just, yeah, I think they need to go back to the roots a little bit. Like, one of my favorite things of Avengers is that it kind of plays with that classic sort of who would win in a fight between so and so and so and so and gives us all these like kind of mini battles between them and it's like cool this is what I used to really enjoy about this sort of thing those sort of hypotheticals and like what would happen and yeah as I say like each big bad being bigger and badder just makes it really difficult <clears throat> to bring in the next one right and it's funny because back when Avengers 1 happened the 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 talks for Avengers 2 would that it would be a smaller movie like they were like, let's bring it back to, and I feel like they did not do that. They, they kind of did it with that, like when they're hanging out and having a party scene of Age mm -hmm. of Ultron, which is the closest we ever see the Avengers hanging out. Um, yeah. But like even then, I know that you were you were into the fanfics and stuff. The fanfics will go with what they're what. I know. loved the fanfics. I didn't really want the fanfics to be the film. Right. I understood that they were. That would be effectively an Avengers sitcom, which I wouldn't say no to. It was a fun little spin-off TV show, but <laughs> it's not really what I want from the main thing. Yeah. I think, honestly, my biggest... I think if I look at the films I've liked most, I think it all comes down to a charismatic villain. And that's, like, the TV shows as well. Like, Avengers, they were going to get, like, a group of villains, and then they were so impressed with, like, Tom Hiddleston's performance in Thor that they got him. And, like, Loki was excellent. Like, he was so good in that. Similarly, like, even, like, Hela in the last one, like, she had, like, a sort of gravitas to her that really worked. And, you know, yeah. uh, Captain America Winter Soldier, there was something very, like, yikes, we're seeing that happening with, like, drone strikes and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, that even when it was, like, 
oh, the villain is something as removed and as huge as Nazis, you still gave it a personable face of this doctor that was like, you know, and I just, and similarly like the TV series, like um, Jessica Jones' Kilgrave is so good. Like, I just, I think what I missed in this film and I, it, it was just like the potential that we had from that villain yeah, to be something a little bit more charismatic and a little bit more ominous. Yeah. Again, I think more time. I think more time, I, like more time. I, I seen, I feel like Gore needed more time. I also felt like he never, like, I, I love that scene with him and the kids where he was like terrorizing them. I thought that was really dark and really like well done. Yeah, but he but wasn't also... He I feel like he was terrorizing them, but like we're talking about when the worm came up and he like threw like yeah. I feel like it was just for fun, right? It, yeah, I didn't feel what... like he was threatening the kids or that the no, kids no, no, were completely. threatened by him, right? But I think that was fun. I think it was fun that he was doing that just because he could. I thought that yeah. added like that sort of you know villain who's evil sometimes just for the sake of being evil, and again seeing how much that sword's corrupted. But I don't think we ever saw the threat of him. Like there wasn't a single time, and you might. I felt differently there wasn't a single time that I worried that Thor was gonna die in the same way that when Hela grabs Mjolnir you're like oh damn like she's just shattered Mjolnir there yeah. wasn't that moment of like oh damn this could come this could be close he might not make it you're just kind of never really in doubt in this one that it's all gonna be fine right yeah I know I know yeah I didn't think that Thor was gonna die I just Thor you know I didn't think Valkyrie was going to die. And then I actually didn't expect Jane to die. I thought as soon as they mentioned the wish at the center of the universe, I figured that was going to be used to cure her. Yeah. I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad they didn't, but that's kind of where I thought they were going with it. I thought and that's then... where they were going to go with it too. I thought weirdly enough, I was like, I'm glad they didn't go this way. I was like, are they going to do a thing where, because when Gore says, if I brought her back, I would be dead and she won't, like, uh, with, with her his daughter, he'd be like, she'd be alone. I thought he was going to go, yes, but you two, uh, like, I'll I'll wish for yeah. Jane to be alive. I was concerned about like, that because it would have felt very out of character. Right. Gore wouldn't wish for Jane to live. Like, as I did think his wish was a bit limited anyway. He could have wished that all the dead children in the universe come back to life. A reverse Thanos? Yeah. And you're like, they, oh no, but then we get like, we, what, for all of eternity? Like, like. I'm just saying, if there's one wish at the center of the universe and you bring it, use it to bring one person back, that's quite limited in your scope of things you could have wished for. I think that's all he wanted though. You know? Yeah, but he could have wished, I wish that I live a long and happy life with my daughter. And then they both would have lived, you know, like. I'm sorry, I'm definitely someone that would be like, hey, Jeannie, I would like unlimited wishes, please. Yeah. But I was just really like, oh, this seems like a bit of wasted potential of all the things this superpower could do. I, th- I mean, I also think that Gore is not the smartest and he's very- No, he's and very... he's also like, he changed his mind. He hadn't really thought it through what yeah. he was going to ask for. So I do get it, but- Yeah, I think he wasn't smart and he wasn't, like he was just going to, like he was- um he was short-sighted right he was just like kill all the gods get to eternity you know well it wasn't even kill all the gods that wasn't even his goal right was he killing gods for information like no, he was just killing the gods because he hated gods because the sword 
But the goal was to get to Eternity's Gate, right? But so that he could then wish all the gods dead, I thought. Okay, yes, he was going to do that, but he didn't have to do that by hand. All he needed to do is get get the axe, right? Okay. That's all he needed. He needed the axe, but he probably needed the information to get the first. He didn't know he needed the axe, right? He knew he needed the Bifrost, and I think he knew he needed the axe to open the Bifrost. Right. Because that also confused me, because they were like, all he needs is the Bifrost, and then they summoned the Bifrost to the planet to escape, and I was like, oh no, is that going to trigger it? But then it was like, no, he needs the axe so that he can direct it here. Yeah. Yeah. And then also it was like, the Bifrost doesn't work to get you to that planet, it can just be like used with the goats, but it's enough to get you off the planet. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I didn't notice that Aries and belligerent pacifist were uh, talking in chat. What's up? Sorry, I didn't see you because I was looking up uh, some other stuff. Uh, Aries says, uh, I was hoping that Gore was going to wish for his daughter and Jane to live so they could live, be a happy family together. Yeah, I mean, I think that could have worked. Yeah, I think, I think for me, I don't hate her dying because I think it would have been a bit cheap if they yeah. just did a quick she lives, but at the same time. Like, I know that this is something that happens in the comic books, right? Like, Lady Jane, uh, Lady Thor has cancer. Yeah. At the same time, I was like, is this really another iteration of Marvel killing off a female character to further the male main's character development? Yeah. Um, And I don't think it was quite as cheap as that um, because there was a lot more, like, character development that went into it. what, yeah, what I just I think I think it would be a bit fairy tale if it was like suddenly they both live. Yeah, well, a wish is already a fairy tale enough thing, right? Yeah. It breaks it breaks our understanding of like actions have consequences. But and I also you know, thought, I thought Jane herself in this film was interesting. Like she, she was different. I, she was almost a different character. I don't remember her being quite, and I'm, I, I'm willing to put quite a lot of this down to having a terminal illness but uh-huh. i don't remember her being quite so rash so headstrong so hitting a thing with a hammer will solve everything and quite so like fluttery in love so i would have i i was really hoping that at the end what was going to save the day wasn't going to be her access to the hammer it was going to be her like scientific knowledge or something you know like something intrinsic to who she is as a character yeah also why did they do the whole like thor asked the hammer to look after jane thing why could jane just not be worthy because I think it works different in the comics than it does in the movie. Okay. That's what I think. Because, like, in the in the comics, somebody was pointing out that, like, in the comics, there's a deep enchantment of the hammer being uh, only being able to be lifted by the worthy. But then mm-hmm. somebody else pointed out in the movie, the hammer doesn't have that enchantment. Odin puts that enchantment only in the first movie for Thor to lift the hammer. Like, it's not inherent to the hammer itself. It's just, like, a movie plot point. But I feel like they've built a lot up around, you know, like even that scene in Age of Ultron where they're all trying to lift the hammer and then like they're mm. discussing like if you put a hammer in an elevator, will it go up? And Oh, and then Vision like Vision carries it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. But also the hammer is broken. So maybe there's a whole, like if Vision went to the hammer, I don't think the pieces would come together and create, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I think there's just a secondary enchantment. Um, 
couple of things just to shout out uh uh belligerent pacifist and aries uh -huh. sorry they've been talking for a while and i didn't see them in the chat um uh they're on twitch because we're live streaming to three different platforms mm -hmm. volume.com slash the keeg show twitch.tv slash the keeg show and youtube.com slash the keeg show uh belligerent pacifist says i freaking love benedict cumberbatch because of sherlock and i'm no teenage girl so there you we've been talking shit oh i'm not I'm absolutely not slamming like teenage girls or like Benedict Cumberbatch. I'm or, like, slam Sherlock slamming Benedict anything. Cumberbatch. But... I'm slamming my experience of all that circa Tumblr 2010. Yeah. And but... how that has stayed with me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then Aries, uh, our belligerent pastor also comes back and says, voice of the goats is Taika Waititi. Okay. Yeah, that so makes sense. That's cool. <laughs> uh, um, and then uh, I don't know what that's in relation to, but Doctor Strange, MOM, talked about the blip. And the movie did feel a bit short. That's what Aries says. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I think we would have gotten a lot of benefits by having the movie be because the movie from start to finish is two hours, but a lot of that's end credits. It was like an hour 45. Like, well, it, I also just think there were a lot of things that felt really slow that could have easily been trimmed down. Like, what did you find that was slow? I didn't find anything really slow. I was kind of there for the ride. Um, yeah, I think the Guardians bit at the start was quite slow. I think the new Asgard, like the kind of conversation, the politics hall was quite slow. Like, not necessarily slow. Like, it was just, it could have been trimmed and you wouldn't have lost stuff. Um, I've already mentioned that I thought the um, Omnipotent City stuff went on too long and could have been done a lot quicker. Mm. Um, it, it was weird. Yeah. The Omnipotent City, like, you know how I was saying, like, Ragnarok was, was, like better with their comedy but this had more mm -hmm. comedy i feel like ragnarok to me the comedy doesn't affect the <sighs> when you have comedy in a superhero movie or comedy in a movie in general and you have a sequel or whatever the comedy can't affect the fabric of the universe for instance in yeah. batman forever and batman and robin there the comedy and campiness affects the fabric of the universe that you can't create a sequel to batman and robin and then bring it back to being dark again like you're just you're you, the rules of the universe are now like that card can't leave home without it kind of thing in yeah. ragnarok i don't feel like it affected the universe i feel like um the with the sole exception of take me through the devil's anus wait what the devil's anus yeah, in yeah, yeah. Rock, the world of Hulk. like i would say that's the only time it kind of affected the world building because it then was like cool wormholes are like a thing that couldn't like jump you oh um or do you mean like a more literal sense i i, I mean like okay so in this one in in this one it was like here's the god of bow bow mm -hmm. bow like that was an, an absurdist yeah. changing the fabric of the universe for the sake of a joke you know yeah okay fair like it from now on we would be like technically in the in the continuity of the universe like a piece of food can have a god now and and thus it and it just says i oh there's the god of carrots carrot carrot like yeah it's it's a it's a bit different so i feel like Although I did love Korg's god sitting on a throne of scissors. Yeah, Nini Nani. But they're continuing that. <laughs> that I found did not break the fabric. That no, I was no, like, the Cronins have to have gods, and their god is Nini Nani, and that makes sense. 
things like that and like Thor being like oh I'm a master of disguise and then grabbing a cloak because like again a nod to Ragnarok like I enjoyed all that kind of stuff I just felt there was a lot of humor that didn't chime with me yeah when the humor Um, is derived from the characters it's mm -hmm. it it makes sense and the characters even like the little girl with the bunny rabbit with the lasers coming from the eyes I did not like that (laughs) oh you did not like that I didn't like it I think by that point I was just very cynical like okay isn't that what a kid would do though for me I can I can write that off I can write that off as I I, I could have written it off as just another example of like that kind of humor that's just kind of repeating in the film and like I say like I love Taika's sense of humor and it is very on the nose sometimes it's very stupid sometimes but I just, I, I felt like there was almost too much of it and it got in the way of things like that character development. Like we've known that Valkyrie hates being king, but also kind of likes being king for three films now, two films now. She was in um, one of the Avengers, right? And she was like, in, yeah. she was in Endgame for sure. And they um, didn't do anything. There was no line where she was like, Thor, will you come back? I hate doing this. Yeah. No, I think she likes being king. Great. But again, also, I was promised she would get a queen. And all we got was a kiss on the hand, which I thought was cool. I, <clears throat> and then as she soon jumped. as she jumped on that platform, I was like, if she does not flirt with any of these women, she has to be so bad. <laughs> right. Right. There was also some, I, I, I would hate to, to call this movie rushed, but there are some, sh- a lot of shots that are cut in a way that it's like lazy. There were some lazy cuts, especially in action scenes specifically. So yeah. it'll be a scene where like, I don't know if this happened verbatim, but like Thor will land, we'll get a landing shot and then we'll cut away to another shot where he stands up or if he's going to like jump up, it'll then cut to a, he'll be standing and then cut to a shot of him jumping. So I'm yeah. like, why can't you have standing then jumping all in one shot especially mm-hmm. in that fight scene with Guardians of the Galaxy bird people. Yeah, I agree. Can we just take a moment for how incredible the soundtrack was of this film? Like, uh, the... It's, it you, just, t- you tell me about it. It was just so much Guns N' Roses, and I think yeah. it's especially something that happens very well in the Taika Thor films, like the use of music is so good. Um I wonder if most of their budget went on getting access. Although I'm going to raise something really stupid here, um, but it's very on brand for me to raise this as a potential sticking point. Uh-huh. They had Selvig back in this film. Yeah. It was played by, um, what's his name? Stan uh, Stars. Yeah. Who plays Bill in Mamma Mia. And in this film, they had ABBA in the soundtrack. So does ABBA canonically exist in this world? Does Mamma Mia the movie canonically exist in this world? Does this mean that Selvig is like, hey, that dude looks like me in this movie? The, you're, you're channeling Tumblr thoughts right now. Um, mm-hmm. Because, what, is this a tongue-in-cheek thing or you actually want to talk about it? Because I've Nah, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm messing about, but yeah. I just, it brought me great joy to think of that. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, People do bring up the fact that, like, if Peter Parker brought up Star Wars and Samuel L. Jackson was Mace Windu in Star Wars, how do we have Nick Fury that is Samuel L. Jackson? It's multiple. There's multiple explanations for that, right? Like, Nick Fury just looks like Samuel L. Jackson. There's one. That's just that. Or two, it's not Samuel L. Jackson in their version of Star Wars. 
Yeah, and I mean, when before I, I love Brie Larson as Captain Marvel, but back when they were like talking about who they, everyone wanted to do that role, I really wanted Natalie Dormer. And then everyone was like, oh, but she's already been in Captain America as like the woman that randomly kisses Steve. Yeah. And I was like, I am willing to believe that there are two people that look the same. I'm yeah. also willing to believe that Captain Marvel got her hands on some time traveling magic and used it to go stalk Captain America. That seems like a great. That, that's your Tumblr fan fiction brain, too. Again, I, I did warn you as I went into this, I'm going to raise something stupid, but it's on brand. Yeah. <laughs> That's the kind of thing that I enjoy discussing, though. Like, I'm like, yeah. this is nonsense. I completely acknowledge this is nonsense. We're going to lean into the nonsense. Um, Peter Quill's mother is also in Captain America. Like, she's... So, like, mm. they've done ones with small parts. Uh, the, only, the biggest part... Um, that was double cast, I think, is Michelle Yao in she's in the Ravage, she's part of the Ravagers in the Ravager post-credit scene in Guardians of the mm-hmm. Galaxy 2. And then she's also uh Shang-Chi's aunt. Ah, okay. <clears throat> so I think I like, just like I grew up on like Doctor Who having like uh Freema Ajiman play Freema Ajiman's cousin before Martha was cast and like Peter Capaldi already being in it like oh yeah it's fine you suspend your disbelief yeah but it is fun to just mess around with it I I have a friend uh I don't know if you watch like CW DC shows do you watch any of mm, I, I don't anymore but I used right. to watch like Legends of Tomorrow and The Flash okay. and Arrow and- um so yeah. like it's all a connected universe I have a friend who lives in Canada that's been has he has played three different characters in the Arrowverse across three different shows like he was a security guard in Arrow at the beginning of his like career. He's mm-hmm. acting in bigger and bigger stuff now. Shout out to Nathan. Um, and then he was a motorcycle hitman in Batwoman, and it was a bigger part. Mm-hmm. And then he ran for mayor of Smallville and Superman and Lois in for like a three episode arc of Superman and Lois. And so like, good for him. It's the same guy. We just left to assume that in the Arrowverse, everybody, like, they're, in real life, I'm sure there are people that look like us. Yeah. Right? And I guess it's kind of like, <laughs> do we take it to be that the people doing this stage show are legitimately Matt Damon and Melissa McCarthy in this universe? They're really big name actors that have decided to get involved with this stage show. Uh-huh. Or are we like, this is just random people played by these actors? Like, there are two ways to look at it. Um, oh, I, uh, I have never thought that they would be the real actors, but I think I, they're, well, they're they're as guardians though, up, right? They're as guardians because they were on. Well, I'm not bringing were, up Tumblr brain again, but my my favorite thing I ever said I ever saw was like, um, do you think Loki just asked everyone on Earth who the best actors were and then kidnapped them to put on his little stage show? <laughs> Which I don't think happened, but yeah. I much prefer the idea that that is exactly what happened. Yeah. Um, but Luke Hemsworth, that would have been a weird exactly like that's, a, like that's another one where it's like, oh, do the Hemsworths exist in this universe? Right, right. If that but would just, be the it's case, it's fun to say. That's another one though that I thought went on too long in this film. Oh, like, that that yeah, you're right. That scene did go on too long. They could have just had, well, they could have just rushed, like done more rushing through it. Yeah. Um. Also, why would that play end at Hella breaking Mjolnir? No, it wouldn't have. But it just ended I there? I love the cruise ships at uh, New Asgard. What's that? 
I loved all the cruise ships outside New Asgard. I liked that kind of world world building where like they're obvious they obviously would be a tourist destination, right? Yeah, absolutely. I definitely. I actually thought when you saw the kids kind of looking out the window at the battle scene, I thought they were like tourist kids that were mm. like, "Ah, oh, real like Viking battle." I didn't realize that they were actual Asgardian children. Yeah. How did you feel that Heimdall had a child that we hadn't seen? I didn't care too much, really. I was okay. like, sure. Did you like him though, fine. or did you like any of the children? Did any of the children stand out to you? <sighs> um. Yeah, I, I didn't dislike it. I just didn't really have much of an opinion. I was like, listen, you've got a group of kids and you need to make one of them the leader. You might as well make it the child of someone else, Yeah, whether that makes sense or not. I don't, it's part of why I dislike them always being like, referring to Heimdall as like Thor's closest friend. Cause yeah. certainly in Thor and in the dark world, maybe a, a little bit less in the dark world, but definitely we never see them bond. He kind of no. goes from like, friend of my dad that's like basically my nanny to like yeah my, my best friend that's so re- like that's Ragnarok sort of- is when they finally like when they say like oh he was my best friend or whatever like because when he's fighting the war or like the battles in Asgard yeah. on the underground or whatever like that's the only like in Dark World they don't say he's my friend no <laughs> and in Dark World up until that point the focus is still on the Warriors 3 and 6 yeah and then Ragnarok, they're like, we're going to kill the Warriors 3 without even acknowledging who these people are. Right. And then we're going to refer to Heimdall as his best friend. And it was like, when did this happen? Right. Right. Um, with, uh, <laughs> uh, I want to know your opinion on why they made a little bit about Astrid versus Axel. Was it a teaching moment to parents to accept your child's name change? Is that? I don't think it, if if that was, so I thought that I was like, okay, but then they didn't. Like, I think it would have been, like, I I think if that was the purpose of it, then they should have had someone be like, hey, Thor, he gets to decide what his own name is, you know, like, call him out, move on. Well, then they call him Axel from then on though, right? After that first thing, he was, he's like, he's like, your father gave you a strong Viking name, like Astrid. He's like, I'm Axel. And then he's like, okay, fine, Axel. After that point, everybody calls him Axel. Mm -hmm. So I get that like Thor would push back in the beginning and it wasn't just like, oh, you're Axel now? Okay, you're Axel now. And they made a little bit about not accepting. I think it was also just like, given how much Guns N' Roses is in the soundtrack, and like the lead singer is Axel. And then it was like, oh, I got it from like an earth band. I think it was just Tyker having like a bit of fun with one of his favorite bands, I would assume. Because mm. um, I would have loved that if it was like, you know, hey, parents, be fine if your kid wants to change their name or their pronouns or like anything mm. about themselves. But I don't think if that was the intention, I don't think it succeeded. Okay. Because I thought that was the intention. Um interesting uh weirdly enough at the end credit scene when we see jane and, and heimdall in valhalla uh somebody in the audience was like who's that <sighs> to, to heimdall and i would say part of me is like what you don't remember but then also part of me is like heimdall should have been a given given a bigger role it's idris elba like i feel like i think i think that's it i think they made heimdall bigger solely because Idris Elba became bigger 
Yeah. And they were like, oh, damn, we've got Idris Elba. We need to like right. make the most of this. But they didn't do the character work to justify that. They were right. just like, cool. He's like leading all the people out of Asgard now. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. But you don't really get the reminder of who he was before that. Yeah. Um, also, Heimdall in mythology canonically kills Loki. Um, I think they kill each other, which mm. I would have loved to have, given how much Taika is a mythology fan. Yeah. Again, I'm assuming from the decisions he's made in these films, it would have been nice to have like a bit more tension between them. Yeah. Uh, Heimdall is also Sif's brother in in mythology, right? I don't remember that. Uh, as far as far as I know, uh, unless it's just a Marvel thing, but Heimdall, in, at least in the comics, is Sif's brother. Um, but I'm fine with that. I don't think that's integral to the character. Like people were like, "Why is he black? He has to be Sif's brother," and blah blah. And it's like that's not the integral part of the character. No. No. Um, um, but like, uh, oh, it was, uh, Idris Elba's wig also looked weird in the end credit scene. Cause in Ragnarok, he has the braids, but they're back. Mm. And in this, they're kind of, they're just hanging. And I, and so maybe I can, I can understand like someone's like, who is that? Because the hair, hair is a big part. I also, I was, I was in like maybe a half an hour into the movie and I'm like, oh yeah, Thor has long hair again. I forgot that in Ragnarok he has short hair. Yeah, I also didn't really like the amount of like pushback from fans following what was it? Uh Endgame? Uh-huh. The one where I thought Gains Way. Yeah. The amount of like criticism that received about being fat phobic to then make the same sort of fat jokes at the start seemed off to me it felt kind of out of touch with the audience you mean part where he's working it off yeah I'm I'm like fine with him like you know I don't know like exercising well I do think it would also perpetuate a sort of fat people don't exercise thing but I'm like I'm willing to suspend all of that for the sake of like Thor's looked this way historically he put on weight because he was you know suffering yeah from like immense personal loss it makes sense that if he's doing all the things he used to do and changing that lifestyle he would look the way he used to but mm. it was when they were actually making the jokes from like went from like dad bod to god bod and stuff like that and I was mm. like do we even need a commentary on why Thor now looks the way he does could we not just have moved on without even adding that yeah maybe they were just trying to say that this is an emotional journey and not i'm thor and obviously six packs are better yeah maybe that's what they were trying to do they were trying you know it's an emotional journey as opposed to a narcissistic one a a perpetuating six-pack norms Mm -hmm. by the way i don't think he had a six-pack in this it was good on him you don't need a six-pack you don't need to see every six, every indentation. No, I don't, especially given I think the actors don't drink water for like 48 hours before they film shirtless scenes. Yeah. I'm like, please stay hydrated. I don't get how that works because water is the only thing, like not only thing, but like water is like one of the things that keeps me from, not from eating, I eat enough, but like keeps me hydrated and like whatever. But I can't imagine not eating, not drinking water. What are you doing? How does this work? 
Yeah, I'm going to be a real stereotype here. I often forget to drink water. I drink a lot of coffee and a lot of tea. Um, and then I'll be like, why do I have a headache? And my housemates will be like, have you drunk any water in the yeah. last 48 hours? I'm like, oh, no, I should do that. Get a gallon jug. Get a gallon jug and fill it up. Because when I drink water, I drink small, like I drink glasses. And then I'm just like this and I'm filling it up. And I'm like, why am I doing this so much? And then I fill up a gallon. And I'm like, okay, I can finish it in a day, you know? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Anyway, besides that's neither here nor there. Like, yeah, I'm glad that um, I'm glad that they weren't doing the same level of dehydration, even though it was purely a gratuitous naked Chris Hemsworth scene. It was, um, it was. But you know, we put up with enough shots of Scarlett Johansson's butt. Um, so there was a, there was a lot of butt really, shots uh, there, but not naked butt shots. No, but also no. as a society, we treat guy butts different than girl butts. Guy butts oh, are absolutely. funny. Guy butts are well, like even even when you do see these sort of shirtless rippling scenes of the superhero, it's still the male gaze of like this is what we wish we looked like as opposed right. to this is the power because the female gaze was very happy with Dad Bodhisattva, uh, and the female gaze was happy with Robert Pattinson in the Batman because he wasn't bulked up, right? And he was yeah. So, but like we would never see a butt shot of Robert Pattinson's the Batman. Because it's not male gaze. It's not about power. It's about, exactly. you know, um, whatever. Whatever the Batman was. Uh, I love the Batman, but still. Um, um, <laughs> I, I'm trying to, uh, in the comics, I'm, I'm glad that they didn't um, cure her cancer. They didn't cure it in comics and they didn't cure it here. But in the comics, she does die in a big battle and then she gets reborn later. Are we going to see that? You think that's what we're we're building up? Because why did that post-credit scene exist? To set well, us mean, up for a next installment? Are we going to see Jane again? Well, this like, if Sif was going to not reach Valhalla for dying post-battle from a battle wound, surely Jane wouldn't have reached Valhalla for dying post-battle from cancer. I think the point is her battle with cancer is the battle. Oh, okay. I quite like that. Yeah. I also like the interpretation that Thor just was wrong and didn't realize yeah. that a battle wound would count. Yeah. Um, but I, I think no, it's I that like she I went down fighting. She accepted She accepted her, her cancer. She accepted it. She fought it. That was it. Which is fine. In pure yeah. practicalities, I wasn't the only reason she wasn't in the last film because Natalie Portman's was just too busy. So I can't see Natalie Portman reviving this role. Like I think she's done with it. I, I thought, think. yeah, I thought the point was to write her off and just kind of like be like, this is the end of her character. Yeah, you're right. Mm. But, but. And then Darcy in WandaVision, we obviously found out that she's now got like a PhD and can do like a lot of the same sort of stuff. So yeah. I think there are enough scientists. Although, again, I know I'm being real bit picky here. One of my pet peeves <clears> in films is when they treat all kinds of clever as the same kind of clever. Mm -hmm. So when you've got Jane kind of working on the cure for her own cancer, I was like, can we please stop pretending that all science is interchangeable? This woman knows space physics. Right. <laughs> they do the same with Bruce Banner, right? Yeah, they do it all the time. They're like, Bruce and with Tony. And I'm like, not all science. Yeah. And when I think it's when Bruce says he's got like three degrees. And I'm like, do a post like. I think he's like rocks. five or something. Yeah. Yeah. And then somebody was saying online that like degrees don't necessarily make you smart. It's an academic thing. So you're spending all this time to prove in academia that you have these degrees. Like that's a lot of time 
you don't have to do that if you're just trying to say that Bruce Banner knows everything. And I've got friends that are scientists that only have like BSCs or like a master's at a push and they do so much learning in an actual job. I feel right. like anyone that's got five degrees, I'm like, are your parents rich? Get a job. Or like their honorary degrees that like you're so famous that like people are just throwing yeah. degrees at you maybe. I but just know. like you don't need the characters that are these super smart scientists to be like bragging about their credentials all the time. Sometimes right. it's just enough to have worked in a field. I don't know. It's just like a real pet peeve of mine when they act like, only those super intelligent, only the people with these very specific doctorates can possibly understand what's going on. Similarly, one of my most hated things is when they'll explain something that's very easy to understand. And then you'll have someone go, um, in English, please. Yeah. And it's like, we understood what was going on. In a sim- and also who says this? In a similar vein, it was Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness when they're like, this is the Illuminati. And he's like, the Luma, what Wait, did you see it? I haven't seen it yet. I need to. Oh, okay. Anyway. <laughs> they just added it to Disney Plus and they've got okay. the Illuminati bit as part of the trailer. Oh, no. Like, oh, I need to watch this. Yeah, but but there's literally, they go, and here's the Illuminati and Benedict Cumberbatch, Doctor Strange goes, the Illumo, what And it's like, you don't know the word Illuminati? Like, that doesn't make any, what? I think he was more, sh- I, I haven't seen it, but yeah. from that, I would interpret it as him being shocked that the Illuminati are a legitimate thing and not a... Uh, conspiracy theory yeah, yeah but it didn't track that way no it's, it's <laughs> it was just seemed like a joke to be like huh that's a long word no but we have to learn benedict cumberbatch like <laughs> talk about a longer word to learn <laughs> um yeah i i felt like this was an episode of thor i feel like the change at the end of the episode the only like it was just it was just kind of like it's not a tv series but like in this whole series like iron man 3 was kind of like that too like it didn't further the thor story so much as it is just continue it you know as i say i would have really liked a nod to literally anything that happens in the loki tv show just to tie it all together a little bit more Mm. like it could have been like the most minor thing um I don't know, like a TVA logo in a background or something. And maybe it was there and I missed it. But I just, I would have liked that because I think I kind of finished it kind of assuming that was going to be the last Thor film. And then they did the <clears> end <throat> credits with Hercules and then said Thor will return. And I kind of was left feeling a bit like, I have no idea where this character goes from here yeah. or where this story goes from here. And I, I think if they could have brought it back into the wider MCU storyline a little bit, I would have felt more like, oh, I can't wait for the next Thor film because instead I'm now like, I don't even know what to get excited for. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm with you. I, I thought at the end of this, I was like, oh, this does just seem like the end of the like the Thor movies. Yeah, mm. but then he said Thor will return. So I'm like, okay, where? This might be the end of the solo Thor movies. He might just appear in like different cameo kind of appearances or in Avengers uh, when they finally do do an Avengers movie, right? But I feel like Marvel put a lot of their... I think they put a lot of bank on Taika's success for them because of Ragnarok doing something so different and yeah. taking it into a new direction. This has been a commercial I success so far. I would be intrigued to see how well that goes because as I say my cinema was very quiet on opening day and I think it might be like a box office success in the US but not internationally which Thursday night might be a different thing too it would but like I don't know I'm I'm concerned about 
how much they spent on it versus how much they're recuperating. And, you know, I'm sure they'll give it a pass, but I feel like Thor will return. To me, that question would have hinged upon the success of this movie. Mm. If that makes sense. Like, I feel like Marvel have gone in very confidently going, Tyker's going to take this all in a really new and exciting direction. And I'm not convinced that this film really delivered on that front. Yeah. Like, as we were both saying, the bar was so high because we love, like, Tyker's work and that's on us. But, like, it just, it wasn't it for me. Yeah, I'm with you. Ragnarok was just more cohesive. I just, I think there could have been a couple fixes on this movie. But, um, yeah. you know, um, oh, just, I just wanted to talk about, they seem to have been merging the Greek and Roman pantheon because... Because Russell Crowe was putting on this, like, Italian accent, but he would, like, flip back and forth between, like, homeland Italy versus, like, Italian mobster American Italian, like, Italian American accent. I feel like I'm not familiar enough with no? what a Greek accent sounds like to, yeah. like, judge. I, but uh, I did thought the accent work was interesting. Just speaking from pure, uh, Hercules is the Roman name, Heracles yeah. is the Greek. Yeah. But I know that Hercules is in the comics. Yeah. So I would assume, and then it's a bit like Thanos is a Titan, which is Greek mythology. There is no one called Thanos, but I think it's supposed to be a nod to Thanatos, who's yeah. the Greek god of death. So uh, I think the Titans in 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 that are are Titans of uh, the Moon Titan. Oh yeah, like, and I get that, but oh. I, I just mean Marvel in general as a whole in the comic books, they draw from a lot of mythology for a lot of really random things. Like even if it's just like the name of someone or like a power they'll do like a little nod to greek mythology because it's yeah. so like our, our culture is just it's everywhere like yeah. you can't read shakespeare without nods to greek mythology yeah um so i feel like however they've built it up in the marvel comic book world is probably a nice blend of a lot of different things and then also taking it in very weird directions and... yeah it, it's kind of like marvel has the eternals which also doesn't make sense sometimes with some of the things because they say that like they inspired some of the legends of the gods mm. but but that's because in the comics the eternals was supposed to be their own thing and not kind mm. of not be be linked to the marvel kind of universe i think in the beginning and then they ended up linking it so basically you have characters like makari which is supposed to mm. be like mercury you have characters like fina yeah. which is supposed to be like athena or gilgamesh or, mm -hmm. or 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 whatnot. Um, Fastos is Hephaestus, right? And, but like, also we have the gods that are named after that too. Yeah, and I mean, I guess it's just like Thor. Like, go back to the basics. Like the way that Thor and Loki and everyone are in the comics, very different to Norse mythology, but with a lot of fun nods along the way. Yeah, yeah, and I it didn't happen they kind exactly. Of use it as inspiration. They obviously go heavier with some characters in terms of what they're taking from mythology, like Thor and Loki. Yeah. But then they also very much there's a lot of imagination and creativity that takes it very far away from mythology, even just in terms of like making Loki and Thor brothers. I mean, Loki in mythology is a fire demon, and then he's a frost giant. Like that's a very fun. He was a of... he was a fr he was a fire demon. He was a yeah from Mus Muspelheim. Or yeah. no, Sprontal, uh, Muspel, Muspelheim, I think. Is he? A, I could have, I could have sworn he was still a frost giant. I'm fairly certain he's a fire demon. Let's see. I've also, 
giant uh although uh hmm okay and that's the the problem is He's definitely have, like, hmm? oh no i was just saying the problem is you have to like really look into the mythology otherwise you get marvel stuff <laughs> like when so you i know her, it's i like, know oh. a lot of greek mythology in terms of where things come from uh-huh. um when it comes to norse even though i've read a lot of the ancient sources they definitely get blurred in my brain with like Neil Gaiman's Norse myths so I might mm. be pulling from fiction and in my head it's become fact his, his, uh, it says he's definitely know. god of fire like it's definitely one of the things that's attributed to him interesting um, and he's definitely not a god right I think oh he's a member of the Aesir uh, oh, but yeah. that, that, that's a tribe that, of deities that include Odin, blah, 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 blah. Oh, he is the god of fire, but it's very close to like why Prometheus would be. Um, he's a cunning trickster. This is interesting. I, I always thought. Uh, um, oh, okay. Uh, according to some sources, Loki is a son of Farbadi, a Jotun, and Lafi. Um, Loki's the father of Hell, uh, or Hela. Uh, yeah, he's weird. the father and the mother of a lot of things. Um, huh. But yeah, just in terms yeah. of like them taking something as source and then taking it in really fun directions. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, I know I know more about the mytho- the Norse mythology from from the comics than I do from like actual mythology as opposed to Greek mythology and whatever, where I've, I've, you know, looked into Greek mythology, but that's your, that's your wheelhouse. That is my wheelhouse. Um, uh, how do you so, feel about uh, Hercules? Like, I mean, I mean, maybe he'll appear in another Thor movie and we'll get a Thor slash Hercules thing. He seems to be out for vengeance against Hercules, even though Zeus is alive at the end. Yeah, he Zeus got, shouldn't have been alive. I think it's because of his own lightning bolt, right? That's just what I chalked it up. I was like, you can't kill a god with their own thing, right? It was also like such a quick death for someone so powerful. Like maybe they maybe they were like nursing him with ambrosia or something. Maybe that's like, you know. Yeah. There's there's a lot of things. Um, Does ambrosia heal? I'm I I said that and then I was like, actually, is that just from Percy Jackson? Mm. I think it does. <laughs> Because there's a lot in mythology about like stealing the gods' ambrosia and stuff. Yeah, because the gods I, I, can't I, I, the gods can't die, right? In in Greek mythology, unless killed by another god, there, is that what? There it is? are moments of gods dying in Greek mythology. I think there's a couple of reference to very minor gods dying in the Titanomachy, mm. but none of like the main ones. It's not like Ragnarok where there's this big end point. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of them like being injured and stuff in the Trojan War. But yeah, like in terms of Hercules in this, I, I'm not the biggest Hercules fan. I think the way he's kind of regarded in modern media is almost more interesting than the way he is in myth. There's yeah. just so much in myth about him and a lot of it is fun, but a lot of it's kind of, it's not my favorite. I often tend to prefer stories about the gods to stories about the heroes anyway Mm. um yeah so i'm interested to see what kind of personality he's gonna have like 
and whether it's it's like what I was saying about like them needing a charismatic villain like is he gonna be the big bad that Thor's fighting is he gonna be like a minor inconvenience like is he even gonna be in it or was that more of just a sort of like haha wouldn't this be funny um I also feel like I spoiled it for myself because I looked up the IMDB to find out who was playing Zeus because I knew he was in it and yeah. actually right next to Zeus they had the person playing Hercules and I was like oh cool Hercules is gonna be in it and then it was like a post credit scene I was like oh Marvel's normally a lot better at like keeping things secure yeah I also don't think the guy I don't know he is not who I would have picked no, but I, don't, I, do, I know nothing about Hercules in the comic books. Like, mm. I uh, think... In the comics, he's not that interesting until a certain point. So like Hercules, um, he's bi in the comics. And he's currently, okay, he's currently in a relationship with a character named Marvel Boy, which personally, but I'm, I'm an outsider looking in. I think it is kind yeah. of weird that like, it's kind of like an old man younger man he's not a boy but marvel boy is still a younger man kind well, of i think modern depictions but... of hercules tend to have him as quite like himboish like he's very stupid but yeah. he's very strong but we have that I as thor say... now thor is a himbo yeah i wouldn't say that hercules is like that in mythology no. like quite a lot of the the like trials that he goes yeah. through he gets through them by having like by like asking Hades if he can borrow his dog. He doesn't go marching in there and like steal him. And yeah. you know, there's a lot of that sort of working out a way to do things. Um, yeah, I'm I'm interested to see where it goes. I thought I thought the most accurate thing to Zeus was all the orgy talk. Um, yeah. I think it was interesting. Russell Crowe, Russell Crowe's accent. He's like, I'm just I'm still laughing about his accent. And just like the idea that Thor modeled a lot of himself on Zeus is yeah. something that like a lot of people, like there's a lot of academic discussion about that. Because uh-huh. obviously I think Norse mythology is kind of like the 12th century uh-huh. and Greek mythology is, you know, BC. Mm. Um, so there's like a full millennia in between. Um, and obviously Greek mythology got taken to Rome. They incorporated a lot of gods and you see a lot of uh, iterations of similar gods to Thor around like sort of Baltic mythology and stuff like that. Yeah. So there are like a lot of like academic debates about whether Thor is influenced by Zeus and to what degree. So it was interesting to see a film where they just fully go like, yeah, I modeled myself on the guy, like... I wanted to be just like him and then never really saying why. Russell Crowe also mentioned, he was like, I'm I'm trying to remember the quote. He's like, God of thunder. And he's just like, that's just the sound of a lightning. I'm making him more like Mario, but Russell Crowe does a better and worse job than that in both (laughs) ways. Uh, But uh, yeah, lightning is just, or thunder is just the sound of lightning. Um, I think you had a lot of moments in this film, like with Russell Crowe, like with Melissa McCarthy, where it was just like, this actor is just so happy to be in this film. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, but Melissa McCarthy's real life husband was also, he didn't get to talk, but I think he was the director of the play. So he comes at the end when they do the curtain call or the the bow and he comes in next to, next to Melissa Mm -hmm. McCarthy. So. That's very fun. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, uh, what can we just real quick as we, as we, as we close out, uh, what are your, what are your final thoughts? What can we, what do we expect going forward? I mean, we kind of just said, I don't know what to expect. We're kind of genuinely do not know. I think they're filming the second season of Loki at the moment, right? Yeah. Literally right now. Um, Yeah. I don't want to go off on Loki. <laughs> um, That's TV a whole other thought. Uh, exactly. Yeah. But I think, and also just like Marvel in general, like what is this heading towards? They're not going to do another Avengers film, are they? So it's not like there's a... They will eventually. They'll eventually do Yeah, one. okay. But it's not like there's that sort of overarching, the Infinity Stones kind of randomly popping up in films. It's just like the multiverse. Which I, I don't like. I don't like the multiverse. I don't think it should have been a door that it should have been opened or opened on a grand scale. It should have been like maybe in one yeah. one movie and then like you shut the door. Like you're just like, it exists, shut so. the damn door. Um, I, I, I'm having a big problem with that in a lot of my critique. Yeah. And so I don't really know where it goes from here. I think if, if there is another Thor film, presumably this daughter of his is going to be in it. So it wouldn't surprise me if they maybe did like a time jump to her being like a bratty teenager and Thor struggling to like cope with that, maybe. Right. Um, I would also We also imagine... have that in Groot. Groot's like a yeah. bratty teenager too. Which is what I thought they were going to do with Korg. You know, like when they killed him off, I thought they were just going to find like a pile of pebbles and then it was going to like grow back into him, but it was his mm. face. And I was yeah. like, oh, this is going to be a similar thing. Um, I would quite, what I would like, I would like Loki, I would like Thor to find out that Loki is alive and then to kind of unravel the sort of TVA. I don't really like them going their separate directions because I think both of their characters are so much stronger together. Yeah. Um, so even if it's not like the crux of the thing, I think it could be a bit like, um, you know, when Thor kind of goes out on his own to find the Infinity Stones and then a bunch of stuff happens. If he's like out on his own trying to find out more because he's certain he saw his brother before he like vanished and then he gets distracted by some other stuff, that's fine. But I would like that narrative to be brought back in. Yeah. Uh, the question is, can someone take Loki's place? What if Hercules comes in and takes Loki's place? Um, I mean, like, I'm I'm completely fine with like. I think that depends on what like Loki's place is. Do you mean yeah. like acting as a brother figure to Thor, as someone to kind of bounce that energy back? Off yeah. Of, to add the sort of twist of betrayal, I don't want Loki brought back in to kind of make Thor think he's on his side, and then plot twist he betrays him again. Like that's yeah. tired. We're done with that. Yeah. Um, I would absolutely love. Loki to be like this is my girlfriend also she's me but also she's not me because they fucked that up so badly um, and Thor to be like sorry what like I want Thor to be the almost the voice of the watcher watching that yes. happen and be like Loki you can't do that or like to be like that's the most Loki thing I've ever heard or something like I would just love to have you know what? Just have like a director's cut of the Loki TV series, but Thor's just giving running commentary. I would be happy with that for the next Thor film. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, uh, I don't. I don't know what they're gonna do with Thor. Uh, I don't know what they can do. Maybe he just Thor will return, but not in a Thor movie. I don't. Yeah, maybe uh, he'll be in the next Guardians of the Galaxy or something. How much you want to bet he'll be in the, in Guardians three? Like I feel I think like they're trying to dilute the Chris Pratt that's in it. 
Okay, that's fair. Just yeah. from a purely PR perspective, I think they're trying to uh, add things to. I mean, I think Chris Pratt will still be the cent, like the focus. Oh, of- he will, but I think they'll try and add more hooks in to get people that might be persuaded not to see it to get back on board. Are there a lot of people who have given up on Chris Pratt? I don't feel like really. I I know a lot, but I also think I run in quite specific circles. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, uh, mainly full of queer people that find it very offensive. No, I, I agree. Um, Chris Pratt has lost his luster for me, but we'll see. Yeah. I think it's going to focus more on Rocket, uh, given what I know about Volume 3. Um, Do you think they'll bring Gamora back? I hope so, because they didn't solve the Gamora problem in this. So no. uh, there, there's technically two things Guardians-related coming out. Uh, Guardians uh, Christmas special, I think it's supposed to come out at the end of the year. This year. I doubt they'll solve Gamora in that. No. Uh, well, she is green, so tis the season. Um, <laughs> but And then they have volume three coming out. And so I think the Christmas special is going to be like an hour long mm-hmm. that they filmed at the same time. It's the holiday special, not the Christmas special, but whatever. And then mm-hmm. volume three, I think, comes out next year. And so... I know they are filming that, so we shall see. I think Thor will return in that, because they're out in space. They're not back on Asgard. Him- are they going to do a second Captain Marvel film? Because I could see Thor popping up in that uh, if she's out in space doing things. Yeah, it's the Marvels. But the Marvels okay. is is going to be her, Monica Rambeau, and Kamala oh, Khan. Okay. So it's the That'd three of them. I'm very oh, yeah, excited for that. I forgot about that in yeah. uh, WandaVision. Yeah, so Monica, Carol, and Kamala. And so, you know, we'll see how that goes. Um, But I think there is still a lot to look forward to with Marvel, but I think they're kind of getting their footing. They're regaining their footing. After, I think, I mean, I think behind the scenes, COVID messed things up. They got delayed. Mm -hmm. They kind of had to figure it out. But then also, like, just things change. And they're like, what is going to work? What is going to bring people back in the thing? I think they're going to give Spider-Man a rest for a couple of years. I think they'll bring bring a whole host of new directors as well and new writers. Yeah, and I hope they bring in new talent because Sam Raimi was fine on Multiverse of Madness, but I think I would have liked just another director on it. Like, I personally don't care. I think that at a certain point, directors lose their luster yes um mostly when they get older and they've done 50 movies or whatever not the same Remy's done um, 50 but you know I think Marvel struggled specifically with all the different directors directing the same characters on different films kind Mm. of at the same time so you ended up with like very different versions of what each character was they're being better now because like in Endgame even though the Russos did Infinity War and Endgame they referred to James Gunn and Taika for yeah. those respective like characters, which I, I think, think the worst thing they important. did was uh Taika getting rid of Thor's hammer and then them immediately being like, We need to get Thor a new weapon. It was like, no, that's not the point. It was symbolic. Like, mm. you know, it was very uh Captain America in Captain America being like, I'm gonna fight every single rule I disagree with, just to then be in the like. Avengers films like I'm a stickler for the rules and it was like who is this kid <laughs> yeah well Joss Whedon messed things up because Joss Whedon just yeah. does his own characterization so Captain America's some very 2D what's that 
I think I think Joss Whedon's are very 2D. They're like, this is the stereotype that I'm working with. Yeah, well, you can, like, people have talked about how his, he identifies with Tony Stark and he hates yeah. Captain America. And you can see it because Tony Stark is, like, the smarmy hero that, like, Joss Whedon wishes he was as a, as a nerd. And then Captain mm-hmm. America's the jock that keeps getting in his way. Which is not what Captain America is, but that's definitely how he, like, writes them. And he'll. Yeah, I'm know, excited yeah. to see what comes next, but I have absolutely no idea what it's going to be. This, out of all the movies, I think out of any Marvel movie, I'm always like, okay, I can kind of see where they're going with this. Uh, there's a post credit scene in Doctor Strange that I'm like, okay, I see where they're going with this. I won't mm-hmm. spoil it. I don't know if you know it, but um, oh, okay. but in Thor, I'm like, I don't know what they're going to go with this. It seemed like the end until it said Thor will return. Until it said. So I'm like, okay, I. they could have ended it here. I'm not saying I want them to, because I think Valkyrie was pushed to the background, and I think she needs her time to shine. It wouldn't surprise me if Valkyrie turned up as like a character on one of the TV shows. Or got her own show. They're giving everyone their own. They're giving Agatha Harkness her own show. That's true. And I'm very excited for that. I am too, but I think it has to be broader than, like, I think a character's story now has to be broader than just them. I think especially there's a um, level of concern that I have when they do the ones like Agatha, like Doctor Strange with magic, because it's like you could so easily break your own world here. That's why I think, like, Loki, Loki doesn't make any sense because the rules in there don't make any sense. They've brought in too much time travel and variants and whatever that, like, it's almost like magic. Like, why? And what are the rules? And they wanted it to have an almost like Umbrella Academy-ish vibe to the TVA, which I just don't think it was quirky enough to kind of get. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot to look forward to coming out, but I feel like a lot of the Marvel projects don't connect with each other anymore, at least for this phase, which I'm fine with. They're bringing up separate plot points that maybe will intersect later. Um. But uh, I'm still excited to see what happens in, I think, uh, next movie, next Marvel movie is Black Panther 2. Mm. I, I think that's going to be a wild ride. And I think that I'm I'm not sure what's going to happen. We get Namor, the Submariner. I don't know if you know mm. Namor, but no. he's essentially, he's like Marvel's Aquaman, except in this universe, because like in DC, they kind of gave a Polynesian kind of thing to, to Aquaman in this they're giving kind of an Aztec theme to the uh, to Namor. Now, we don't know whether he's Atlantean or not or how mm-hmm. it's going to work, but, you know, I'm, I'm very curious, very intrigued on what, what's going to happen, but there's still a lot I to look think, forward yeah. to. And they've got a lot of talent in the, that film, so. Yeah, even even if, if, if uh, Chadwick Boseman isn't there, you know? Like I think, they I think still for have... a while I kind of had like a dip in my interest in Marvel, which was very hinged around Thanos being desperately boring. Yeah, and I think a lot of the like TV shows and stuff have made me excited again for it, and or Ragnarok. So yeah, I'm like really excited to see like what the next wave brings. Yeah, uh, and are you going to watch She-Hulk? Have you seen the trailer for it? Yes. Okay. Yes. Because that comes out. I don't. I don't know when. I got to figure out when that comes out. July. Uh, no, this is July. August, I think. Um, but uh, I'm interested because that looks a little bit different too. So, mm-hmm. you know. Um, B, I want to thank you so much for for taking time. I know that, uh, you know, it's getting later and later over there. 
but thank you for taking time out of your night to uh to be here talking uh thor and love and thunder um where can we find you what where where are you on social media yeah um well thanks for having me on um i am chaos on olympus on instagram and on tiktok um and yeah i am on various different things on various different social media on my personal but if you search b fitzgerald you should find it um what do you got you got anything big coming up that you were able to talk about i don't have things i am able to talk about but there is definitely big stuff coming awesome awesome well good for you um uh your i i can't get enough of your your sketches and your videos uh, f- uh on chaos on olympus um they um, are very silly and i hope very funny yeah. uh, greek mythology sketches yeah with the classic sort of tiktok trending sounds so yeah. if that's your bag find me on chaos on olympus <laughs> your faces in those alone just like you can cut out everything you can just keep these facial expressions and i'm like that's the drama. I can't believe I only got a B at GCSE drama. Like some of the expressions I make, I watch the videos back and I'm like, I did not even know my face moved in that way. Yeah. I, uh, 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 it's endearing and it works. <laughs> you should have gotten an A plus. Thank you. <laughs> um, uh, I want to thank everybody out there for watching. Uh, I know Aries and belligerent pacifists dropped in. If you're watching us live or you know, a little bit after the fact uh, where we archive our videos. Uh, you can watch us on volume.com slash The Keeg Show, uh, twitch.tv slash The Keeg Show, and youtube.com slash The Keeg Show. Twitch and YouTube are where we archive our videos. Personally, best curation is twitch.tv. So twitch.tv slash The Keeg Show slash videos, I think should bring up our archive um, of, of this episode and past episodes. But we also have our podcast. So if you don't have time to like watch us, you can listen to us on our podcast, wherever you get your podcast from, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. We're on at least five podcast apps, if not more. I'm still, I, I don't know. Uh, wherever you guys listen to us or watch us, please like, comment, subscribe, follow, ding-a-ling-a-ling, whatever it is. Um, write a review, you know, that would be great. So we know, you know, wherever you digest us, I'm glad that you're digesting us. Uh, we're also on social media at TikTok and Instagram. Those are our two main ones. And we're also on Facebook and Twitter and whatever. You can find us pretty much anywhere at The Keeg Show. So it's slash The Keeg Show, at The Keeg Show, pretty much any social media you can find us. That's how you find us on the podcast. That's how you find us uh, out there. Uh, other than that, we got a lot of you know different shows uh, coming out for The Keeg. We got a lot of different shows per week. Um, definitely stay tuned for that. Again, find more information at The Keeg Show, especially on Instagram. But B, uh, thank you so much. It was your first time uh, coming on The Keeg and I'm glad it worked out and we managed to make the time work. And um, uh, I'm, I'm, I was very excited to come on here with you to talk about this. So thank you so much. Thank you. I had a great time. Yeah, thank you. I did too. Um, once again, everybody out there, I'm your host, Demetra Pereira, and this has been uh, the key talks, uh, Thor, love and thunder. Take care, everybody. Bye.